How are we doing, everybody? This is AJ Torres at Colin Strikes, courtesy of the Worst Take Network. We got the boss, Matty Kays, Matt Keimer back here. And before, we were tabling everything because there was much to go on. But let's get a recap. Before, we had concerns about really just uh, two positions. It was the starting pitcher and the relief pitcher. One is still kind of a concern, but in well, in the meantime, I'm surprised Matt hasn't been, uh, you know, behind closed doors doing the helicopter. We got you, Darvish, who almost won the Cy Young, Blake Snell, and, well, you even got Kim, that free agent from Korea. And now, just tonight as we record this, we got the final trade results in, all pen and physicals, mind you about Joe Musgrove coming to Slam Diego? Matt, probably a stupid question, probably a rhetorical question, but I got to ask, how you doing, brother? I don't think I could be doing any better as a Padres fan. Last year, we got a good first taste of postseason baseball, which was awesome. However, then a ton of injuries hit, right? We kind of go into the offseason of – I think last time I was on the show, I'm pretty sure I said like, this year, it's gonna, a lot of it's going to depend on how this offseason shapes out. And we talked yes. about the pitching, and that was the big deal. Well, they've landed three good arms. I think, I think Musgrove is, is a solid player. But having him as your four, when you have a one, two, three of Blake Snell, Yu Darvish, and Denelson Lamette, that is really spectacular. And then you pair that with a lineup that has a ton, ton of just swagger going into this year, and they just signed uh, – I think it's Kim Ha-Seong. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Kim Ha-Seong. Yeah. Yes. And it, it, it's fantastic. I mean, I don't know how this how the offseason could have gone better. I know you brought up that there was two things that we kind of talked about, what, you, what you, the Padres really need to do, and that was starting pitching and relief pitching. The relief pitching, there hasn't really been any movement in that, in that uh, part of the team, but – I mean, you you bring in three starters. That's a big plus. That's a lot of innings that will get eaten up. And hopefully you have some guys that can go deeper in the games this year. Because late into last year, and AJ, we were just talking about this, so many injuries on the Padres front. And then a lot of the guys that were in the bullpen all year, the guys that were starters weren't eating up enough innings. So those guys were already worn out. And then it got brutal in the postseason. We were just talking about how how Jace Tingler has to – do a better job about that, but this is going to help him a lot, I think. If he does not do a good job here, now this is rotation and bullpen, which mind you, the bullpen is the only, I got a, a couple concerns, but I think the bullpen was the biggest concern right now. But if he messes this up completely, his job is done. He's gone. So my thought last year is he took a lot of guys that were, quote-unquote, starting caliber. Mind you, Paddock, Hurt, Lament, Hurt. And what happened? All these arms that you had, well, essentially, they were all tired out. You used them too much. You didn't give them in a solid routine. If you know how to manage your bullpen, it's the greatest strength you can have. Because if you look at all the other teams, even with the Astros when they had Garrett Cole and Verlander, leading the rotation once those guys left 
It wasn't a guaranteed win because of the bullpen. These last couple of years, the Dodgers, not a dependable bullpen. The Nationals, when they won the World Series, why was Patrick Corbin in the bullpen? Because all those relief pitchers weren't dependable. That's why. They want a starting pitcher to go on short rest multiple times to eat up those innings. So there's going to have to be a thing figured out, and it's going to be a full schedule, a full team, full steam ahead. So how is he going to do it for 162 games? I don't know. So I, talk to I me about that... the bullpen. What do, you, what do you got for me? So Luceshi was a trade to the Mets, part of this Musgrove trade. And we got Kirby as a free agent right now, as well as Trevor Rosenthal. So, mind you, I think the big uh, pitcher, relief pitcher on the market right now, I mean, there's a few of them, but the one that sticks out to me is Alex Colome. So, Trevor Bauer's out of the picture for the Padres. I'm pretty sure you're happy about that. But if they were going to unload possibly $30 million on a starting pitcher, a relief pitcher such as Calame or even Kirby and Trevor, if you're going to go that kind of money, it's needed for this team. I, I think that there's a solid chance that they bring Trevor back. I don't think Kirby's going to be back because he just said that he has like four or five finalists that he's deciding between or a report came out. I don't know if he said it or someone else said it, but apparently the I got to look are, into that. But, yeah. Apparently the uh, Potters are not one of those finalists. So, huh. so they're gonna they're out on that front, but I think that Trevor coming back could definitely be a move. I mean, not to move that both that both people both teams want. Also, we were talking about you brought up Tangler and how you said that he you think it could be his the end of his time in San Diego if he doesn't manage the bullpen correctly. I I'll have to say this. I think a lot of it was just because it was a different season. And a lot of it is a lot of these young arms. They didn't want them pitching enough. And it, it was just a weird predicament in my mind. I think going into this season, you see a lot of guys that they're going to let pitch more. Danielson Lamette will be able to pitch more, hopefully. And then you got Darvish, Musgrove, Snell. Snell doesn't really take up a lot of innings, eat up a lot of innings, but the other guys will. And I think having those consistent arms helps him a lot. And I don't think that if, I think if the bullpen is mismanaged, I don't think that means that Tingler's gone. I think that Tangler and Preller are almost in this together at this point. I, I honestly do. And that was just a lot because a lot of the reports when they were coming out, like Tingler had always been Preller's guy. But, I mean, I, I do think it's a big concern. And, AJ, you brought up how managing your bullpen is so, is so key. So I want to get into this real quick, not talking about Trevor, not talking about Emilio Pagan or Drew Pomerantz, those guys, because I think I'm hoping that's the seven, eight, nine. But if you have, and these are the core starters, some of them aren't starters, but they all could be starters, if that makes sense. Yeah, it takes that, the fifth spot. Okay. Yeah. So these are all of the guys on the Padres that can just eat a lot of innings. Darvish, Snell, Lamette, Musgrove, Paddock, Gore, Weathers, Morahone. And what I, what I mean by eat up a lot of innings is they can pitch, you know, three, four innings in any game. Does that make sense? I'm kind of so my so my thought is let's just take out the let's take out the big four for instance because I'm going as a Denelson in that rotation where he is because I mean let's just be honest those four pitchers I mean I think you gotta have your 
their faith in giving them the ball, no matter every four days, every five days, depending on the schedule. But th- those are your four guys right there. So now you got the fifth spot open up. We got Gore, Paddock, and we got a couple others. So it really comes down to who's going to eat the amount of innings and who's going to be productive about it. But as far as managing your bullpen, it goes by innings and pitch count as well. For example, Drew Pomeranz, I know, could go multiple innings in the bullpen. But here's a good one. Let's say he closes it out and goes eight and nine. Does he pitch tomorrow? You would hope not. You hope not. He shouldn't. He should be in the dugout because he shouldn't be available. So what about your closer? What about your seventh-in guy? You see, if he pitched one inning, as long as the pitch count isn't at like 25-plus, he should be able to pitch tomorrow and then get the next day off. You got to get some of these guys in a routine. So when I see a couple of this nonsense, right, the, the problem that I had is Chase Tangor would be like, okay, I'm putting in a guy to get the last out. Okay. Oh, he's coming in the next inning. Okay, is he finishing it? No, he's only facing one batter. Walks a guy, gets one guy out. The guy's gone less than one inning. What was the point of bringing him out? Give the relief pitcher behind him a clean inning. Go from there. When you constantly give your relief pitchers dirty innings, it does affect them. It affects not only just their durability, but their confidence as well. So you're saying when you let a lot of guys come in and clean up the mess and you take them right out and they pitch five pitches? Yes. Getting these guys in a routine is nice. Trying to be like, oh, well, I'm going situational. I mean, in a mop-up situation or you're getting creamed, I get it. But the fact that some of these guys where I felt like half the, half the games played, right, at least 30 out of the 60 games, all these relief pitchers weren't getting clean innings. I didn't like that. It's just messy. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind when they put guys in in different situations and, like, are a little bit unconventional with it. But I remember throughout a lot of last season, especially early on, I was really frustrated with how they were using the bullpen. And I remember that a lot. At the end of the year, I think a lot of people had an issue with it. I felt like it was I, – I think you're right. I think it was because of how guys were mismanaged early on and in the middle of the season too. I, thought, I think it got better at the end, but then it, but then it got – it was like the guys were already burnt out. And I think, I think there's a big point to that. I totally agree with you. I think that let's say Paddock wins the fifth spot, right, like we were talking about those four guys, and Gore is still pitching in the minors – and they have Weathers and Morahone. I think Weathers and Morahone have to be those two guys that are on that schedule that you brought up, where one of them is available. He can pitch two or three innings, but he is not available the next day. And I think they have to like they have to have a couple guys that they can eat a bunch of innings because then that helps you have Pomeranz come out and pitch the ninth and back to back games because you had Weathers pitch the seventh, eighth, and ninth. Don't don't you think that's a fantastic way to do it? If yes. you're a big lead or a, you're losing by a ton, those guys got to eat up innings, I think, next season. Also, here's the other thing uh, that you've noticed. Uh, before the trade that involved uh, Cal Quantrill, now it seemed that they, they're like, oh, he's got the fifth star. Oh, he's a starter, but we're going to put him in the bullpen. We're going to be – this is the dreaded long-arm position. 
which essentially this is the part of the bullpen where you have to go out and be ready. You have regular rest like a starter a lot of time. But essentially, if one of your starting pitchers lays an egg, doesn't get out of the fifth inning, possibly the third or fourth inning, he's got to go two innings plus. And because that he's going to be having a regular rest day like the starting pitcher, he's going to be off for three, four, five days. So just have him pitch until he's ineffective or at a starting pitcher's pitch count. But my only concern is that if you watch the games go on, there were times where you're like, okay, the guy got out of the fifth inning. What are we going to do? Where's Cal? Oh, he's not available today. Why? He hasn't pitched in like two weeks. That's not a way you do it. You got to keep the arms fresh because here's the thing, right? I understand that the arm is fresh, right? But he's also got to get in work. He can't just sit on the bench. And the only thing he's done the past two weeks is play catch with a couple of guys. That's not how it works. If that arm doesn't get in work, it's sloppy. He's got to work on mechanics. So, so I, I agree with you on that stuff, but I got to ask, what do you think about the Joe Musgrove deal? The Joe Musgrove deal, the big piece in that is Hudson Head. For everybody that's listening out there, he, is, uh, he was a former third-round pick in 2019 and sentenced to rookie ball in 32 games, 34 hits, of a 50 total bases, uh, 283 average, and a 383 on base. A center fielder, 19 years old. But with the direction of the team, and because, mind you, 2020, every single minor leaguer that's early in development is being delayed a year because they didn't get the proper work. They didn't get the proper, I guess you could say, the proper live action hidden, the road, all that. So he's going to be headed over to Pittsburgh, and does this concern me? I'm going with no, because if you look at the trend of the Pirates right now, The only thing they do is they get prospects, they call them up at the right proper time, they see what value they got, and then they're going to try and see if they could unload them to another team. And sure enough, I knew it was going to happen eventually. I've already mentioned that the Pirates are going to go nowhere. And I understand that even though it's a great ballpark, you're not going to fill the seats much, not because of COVID, but because you put a bad product on the field. And in my opinion, but one of the best sports cities in America Think about it. The NBA could have a basketball team there and everybody would show up. The football team travels well. The baseball team, eh, falls flat. Literally, every sport in there will do well. Hey. Even baseball, if they put a decent product. Uh, if, you're, if you are front management or ownership of the Pirates, sell the team. You suck. Flat out. Fans deserve better. Well, I think, oh, I think you're 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 spot on with the they get a they get a prospect, they bring him up, he looks good, and they trade him away, and that's so many teams in baseball right now. And that's Chris what Benson the, became an Oriole. Yeah. AJ AJ Burnett, they signed him for I have no idea how they got him, but even though those playoff teams, it's like hey, you know, we got into the wild card team this year. I think we're one or two pieces away. We're doing nothing. All those guys trade off. Cole wasn't going to stay there for his career. Garrett Cole? Nobody was going to. Tyler Glass now, those guys? Yeah. They exactly. Just, and there's a lot, but there's a lot of teams in baseball that are like that. And they're just not going to get good. That's what the Padres used to be like. 
Okay, they used but, to do that at the all the same, time. but at the same time, right? If you look at Tampa, right? The perfect example is the Tampa Bay Rays because they've constantly had one of the lowest payrolls. But if you look at the farm system, if you look at the major league players that have signed small deals to play there, they develop well, they coach well. And yet, just like I guess you could say the New England Patriots of the NFL, they seem to find guys in the parking lot and they're like, hey, we could teach you how to play baseball. It just works. You have all these guys in the Tampa Bay system. This isn't the early 2000s where they had Tone Nash, Josh Hamilton, all these guys. Some of them had character issues. Uh, Who am I thinking of? Oh, yeah, Elijah Dukes, probably one of the worst people in sports history on record. And have you you heard about uh, that guy? No. He has more kids than years in Major League Baseball. He has, more, he has as many professional years at MLB as he has restraining orders. Not a good sign. Not I, a good I, sign. I, I'll send you a link. Uh, this is a baseball account on YouTube. It's called Baseball Doesn't Exist. Uh, I've talked to him on Twitter lightly, and his content is just phenomenal. Uh, between the recent Pine Tar scandal that's been uh, going on by Major League Baseball to yet another Angels employee, et cetera, et cetera. It is a blast. But uh, going forward, back to Padres baseball, uh, if you remember, another concern I had was the outfield. It wasn't because of one guy being in right field, and I'm like, is he a first baseman? Is he a right fielder? But what did you hear what was going on? Because the odd thing, and this is in a year where not a lot of people are trying to spend money. Even if you look at the arbitration cases, they tell you not to go into arbitration because there's a guy that points the finger on you and say, why should you deserve this? But 13 guys are filing for arbitration this year, including uh, Carlos Correa and Dansby Swanson. So in doing so, I don't get why they signed Kim. Because if you look at it, he's a natural shortstop or third baseman. Not too many games at second base, but I'm sure he could manage. So if you're looking at the infield diamond, You have Manny, Tatis. I'll get to that extension later. And then apparently Kim is going to be getting second base, which puts, I'm sorry, if you remember, for all those viewers out there, I bet Matt and the guys at uh, Friar Talk that if the Padres got over 30 wins, that I would buy a Padres shirt. And if they made the playoffs, I would buy a hat. Sure enough. I lost both bets. I paid my medicine. We all had good laughs about it. I got myself a Cronenworth shirt, and I said, you know what, man? Let's go rookie of the year here. He got, I think, second or third place. But what are they doing? (sighs) The same thing they did last year. Hey, let's take a middle infielder, and let's put him in left field. That's the size of the Great Wall of freaking China. Why are we doing this? I, Why I are no, we putting Cronin God in left field? I have no problem with it, but but they're not gonna. Put, I don't think they're gonna put him in left. I think Fam's gonna play left. Okay, so where are he's we on, putting? He's Cronin on the bench. Cronworth's gonna be on the bench. Yes. So so essentially, you're just wasting a rookie of the year talent, and you no, just no, no no no. He's not gonna be like 
the he's gonna be the uh what's the guy i don't know why like kiki on the uh kike on the dodgers okay okay so he's gonna be the utility guy and you're gonna go by matchup now i think it's gonna be interesting uh with tommy fan to see how he comes back healthy uh, we're hoping that he recovers after an incident that happened around Christmas time. I'm going to respect his privacy. We won't go into that, but that's a crowded, that's a crowded roster. That's, really that's a is. good problem to have. <laughs> it is a good problem to have, but just remember Eric Hosmer, who I think for the short season did well in retrospect, hit well against lefties, which I thought was a problem. And so, I guess, uh, I mean, like I said, left field seems to be the spot pen on matchup. But my only thought with Kim, right, does the age concern you a little bit? No, he should be a guy that – so I thought that he might be in the minors this coming season, but it sounds like he will be starting, that they are fully expecting him to start. And – a lot of, I was originally a little bit concerned, like, all right, they're putting a lot of faith into a guy that's never played in the in MLB. However, a lot I've seen a lot of reports and stuff that say like, no, nah, he's legit. He's a very safe player. Which I'm not gonna try to act like I know how to scout if a guy is safe or if he's a risky type of pr- player. Um, projecting from the I think it's the KBO, Korean baseball yes, organization. Yes. Yes. Yeah, to the MLB. I'm not going to act like I know how, how all that works. But yeah, everything I've read is, is very promising in terms of him being able to be a day one guy, which is, which is exciting. And I think, that's, I think that's a smart move because it's almost insurance for Cronenworth. Did Cronenworth have a fluke season? I'm going to lean that he didn't. He had a great season the year before in, the, in AAA. But now they have two guys that could play second. And whoever isn't playing second is a guy that, well, if you have Kim playing second and you have Cronworth, who can play every single position, basically, you can literally play anything but pitcher and catcher. You can put him in center. You could put him in the outfield. I think it's really smart. I think you're going to see him playing almost every day, but just giving a lot of guys rest. Okay. So... I guess if we look at the active roster as of now, this is going to obviously be affected later on because of the Musgrove trade. Uh, we're going by your real last concerns is the bullpen. Uh, who do you have in mind to sign or re-sign? I think Trevor's the guy that they bring back. Okay. Is there anybody else? Potentially another bullpen arm. Wouldn't be surprised if they traded for someone – they could go after some infield depth or outfield depth right now. I know they have a couple guys in the farm. I know Jorge Onya. Onya? Yeah, yes. Jorge Onya. That's how you say it. He, I think he's a great fourth outfielder. And you have Cronenworth uh, or Cronen God, if you, if you may. You have him being the super utility guy, but he's that fourth outfielder. I see, that can come I in there see that him can being in left. I just don't see him in right there because, uh, well, I think that's dependent on Will Myers and his performance, of course. Uh, Trent Grisham, he holds center field. That I think that's safe to say. I thought that they that there could be movement there just because 
I don't know how the what the Padres thought of him. There's a lot of guys that they were, oh, what are they going to do with Profar? What are they going to do with Fan? What are they going to do with, with Grisham, Myers, all those guys, right? I think that they are pretty committed to having Trent Grisham be a, a huge part of this team. Yes. Now, if I remember correctly, Profar did hit free agency. Yeah, I, do, I don't think he'll be back. I, I wouldn't be surprised, though. They could bring him you know, back. I, you know, it was, a, it was a guy who could play outfield, but he was – Converted over to middle infield uh, with all the guys uh, such as Cronenworth, Suzaz, uh, Onya. I just don't see Ruman's roster, particularly with the Kim signing. They didn't sign him to play golf. No, that, I agree. I, that's why I don't think that. that and then gonna... if you're worried about Jorge uh, Mateo, that is going to be your, uh, you know, pretty much your substitution or pinch runner. Yeah, I see. I think. Both of those two guys, him and Onya, could be on the on the twenty five or twenty six, whichever they end up doing. I know last year they had twenty six, but I All think right. that Onya could very well be the pinch hitter. I mean, that's a good guy to have off the bench, a big power hitter. Oh, you know, like here's this big power hitter coming up, and then after this, you're gonna have. Tommy Pham, Manny Machado, not in order, uh, but Fernando Tatis, you know, all these guys, Will Myers, all those guys are going to be due up right after. This guy's going to come in and pinch hit. That's pretty terrifying. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I know I know we're both, uh, you know, stuck with time, but let's go on with the last question I have for you. Are you ready for this? hmm Okay, first off, let's go with part one of this question. Ronald Acuna Jr., or Tatis Jr.? Who do you like better? You know the answer to this question. <laughs> Non-biased perspective, who do you like better? I, I'm, I'm going to say Tatis. I am, it might be a little bit biased. I don't think I can shake that. But he – how okay. What the organization has done because of him is insane. And it's not all because of him. They have more money. But this team is is going all it. in on a, on a young player. Yes, but just hear me out on this, okay? And I understand that they're building around what they think is a generational talent. And it's there. The talent, he's a reason why you signed Manny, why you signed all these starting pitchers, why you trade, why you trade for the starting pitchers, rather. I, I apologize. But here's the one thing that gets me. The number I'm hearing is 12 years – I think it's upwards of $280 million or to $320 million, something around there. I, but the just, one I heard was 11 years for 320 Wow. All right, so you want to know what Ronald Acuna Jr. was signed for? Way less. 10 years, $124 million. But 2027 and 2028, he either makes seventeen million, or he's cut for a ten million dollar buyout. And so does he decide that, is, that? That is a club decision. But so either way, guess what? That he didn't first, sign a good deal. <laughs> but here's the thing: that first opt out, two thousand twenty-seven, who would be coming off age twenty-nine. Now, mind you, he gets paid ten million dollars if they decline him. And then he's most likely to sign another huge contract. This was signed back uh, right after his rookie year just to get it over and done with. Before he was essentially 
completing a full year, they try to say, hey, would you accept, uh, I think it was six years for $46 million, something around there, and he bet on himself. And then there was the knee injury, all of this, and then it, next thing you know, the big contract comes out. My only thought is, listen, I love Tatis, but he the first year only had half a season, and that's the short season. And the short season, we saw – now, it's only two months of baseball. We saw an amazing first month, but there was this two-and-a-half-week stretch where everybody saw him go a little bit cold. We just want to see a full season of, hey, is he going to be stealing bases in September – just as much as he was in June. How's his body going to hold up? He's still young. He's still learning. But I have faith in him. I just think that the money's just a wee bit much. I think you got to go one full year, and then I would extend him. My initial thought was, hey, give him 10 years, $200 million, Let's sign this contract. But they yeah. are just pushing it. They are spending it. And hopefully it puts the Padres on the map because if you look – after this year, I was talking to Max about this, 2022, the Do- uh, not the Dodgers, the Giants are going to be big spenders again. Really? They're going to get their core. They're going to get their core in there. They're going to get a lot of contracts off the books. That includes Cueto, and that could potentially include Buster Posey. So instead of those two big giant contracts, the both of them get bought out for combined – $8 million. So with their plenty of cap space, depending on how they want to spend, they're a big wealthy organization. That might be a threat. So coming into this year, depending on what the Dodgers are doing, and if the Padres could get everything lined up and a lot, like you said, a lot of pressure on Jace Tangler. So Matt, with everything going as we speak, what is your expectations for this Padres team? Give me your ceiling as well as your floor. So as far as the Tatis contract goes, I will say I agree with you on that. I think they should wait one more year and then get and then pay him. I'm fine with paying him the, the big money, but I think you got I think you're right about waiting one more year. And that's what I kind of thought too is 10 year 200 million. So we're on the same page about that. Also, though, if they sign him to some massive extension, it's not like I'm going to be upset. I'm going to be pretty excited. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not going to be able to help you, it. You have, you have to be. I mean, he's, fill, he's filling the seats. Everyone's buying a jersey. You see his face on TV. Exactly. Commercials. It's, it's sweet. You, you, got, you got to love it. Yeah, 100%. But for this Padres season, I, I think last time I was here, I said I, I wouldn't be surprised if they take a little step back. I still think the big year, the really big year is 2022 because we get Clev back and have all of the same same rotation pieces under under control. But at the same time, they're, I, I they're going to – I disagree. They're you going to have win pri- You got to have prime Blake Snell. And since you, Darvish, has reinvented himself and has really have one of the best movement fastballs in the game right now, since you have the big pieces up front, and you got those contracts where they are right now, you, you have to – I say this is the year. I think this is the year. Well, they're definitely treating it as this year, the year after, and probably two, three years after that are the big years where they're going to have this core. They're, they're treating it as having most of the core for three-plus seasons. 
Now, I definitely think these next two years are the best possible chances. Now, unfortunately, you have Eric Hosmer playing first base. That's the big, the big <laughs> blunder right there. But besides that, I, I love the roster. I love the pitching staff. Hey, I worst case scenario, if he needs a colon cleanse, we have Cronenworth at first base. <laughs> oh, I'm all for that. Trust me. I've been all for that for a long time. Or have Will Myers at first Dude, base. Dude, I, I remember when we both discovered this guy. We're like, what in the heck is this kid doing? And sure enough, we, we had a party about it. You kidding me? We had a lot of fun watching this guy. Yeah, no, and I, I think he's going to play a lot this year, though, even if he's coming off that bench roll. But I think, <laughs> I think overall this season, I think they're going to make a, a big playoff run. Baseball is the most random postseason of any sport, and I think that they have a roster that can compete with anyone. If The big thing is staying healthy for them. If they stay healthy, they could have the best rotation and they could pair it with one of the best lineups as well. I, I saw something before the the trade for Joe Musgrove. They were the second-ranked team in expected war, overall expected war for their team, second to, to the other team, their division that's really good, the Dodgers. That's the unfortunate part. <laughs> I think a lot of the season, honestly, will depend on how they – how the MLB changes the playoffs. Do they change it to the eight seed? Do they do six? Uh, it sounds like they're sticking with, uh, from everything I've heard, they're going to the eight seed because of revenue purposes. Yeah. And, and I, it's way more fun. That was awesome. I, I, I disagree because listen, I, I know that we love uh, competition, but this is just me. The reason why I don't like these expanded playoffs and all these sports is because if you look at the NBA, right? It's just not interesting. It's like when you have the first place Lakers playing a wash up West team, didn't even finish with a five hundred record. It's boring. And particularly when you're on the East coast, like me, right. Of all the things to do, I have no problem going to sleep than watching that boring washed up West coast game. I just okay, don't. I, I agree with you for basketball. Cause they're, but that's because some teams are just horrible. But, but for me, off. the same thing goes with football and baseball as well. When the well, first seed is playing the eighth seed, me, I, I'm just not interested. Football will never be like that, of course, because you can't play series. But for even baseball, if it's just even if it's just one game, again, just just not interesting to me. Okay, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I think that for um, for baseball, I think it's fun, and I like it because it helps the Padres significantly. Playing a one call card or one game wild card matchup to move on in the postseason compared to a three game playoffs against a team that you're going to be much better than it when you're that four seed and they're that five seed. If you're in second place in the NL, that could be a team that's not very good. I actually think that some of the best games I've seen were wild card games in particular, the last couple of years when the A's had John Lester on that team. And it was against the Royals that won all their games straight to reach the world series. And then they were, you know, they lost to the Giants mm -hmm. in game seven. That wild card game was one of the best games I've seen in recent memory. It's like, hey, your starter's not doing it. It's the third inning. Guess what? I'm putting in another starter. This guy, my star player, guess what? I'm debating if I'm going to pinch run for him. You know, you see all these interesting moves. It's That's because true. it's a do or die time. That's why I find so much excitement with it. How many times do you see, hey, our number two starters in the bullpen right now. It's the fifth inning. 
you don't see that on a regular basis. That's, That's why those are so exciting to me. Same thing with game seven. It's like, hey, I'll be in the bullpen, but I better have the lead. Do it up. It's those exciting moments. So I'm okay with the wild card. I actually like the other format. And the reason being is because uh, I know I got to cut this short for you, but uh, my ceiling for this team is going to be 75 wins. And that would be in case of, you know, that's injuries and that's with uh, the bullpen concerns. Because the, even even with Padres? this – Now, mind you, this is not even more like the graveyard. Wait, you said ceiling. That that would be the – I'm sorry, the, that's the floor. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The, the floor, the graveyard for this team is about 75 wins. That's because of injuries. Okay, as far okay. No, as I, the, I agree with you on as that. Far as, <laughs> as far as the ceiling goes – let me correct myself. The ceiling – would be a 90-win team. The sky would be the World Series, See, which I, think, they I can, think is doable. Are they playing – are they going to have a 162-game schedule, right? Yes. I think they can win 100 games. So, if as we speak, Matt, we got less than 30 days until spring training. Wow. We got less than a month before spring training. I still got a lot of uh, teams to catch up on. Still got to have a couple of guests on the show. But uh, there's going to be a lot of interesting things going on. And I think it's going to be very intriguing to see where guys like JT Romuto goes because he's got a lot of money sitting on the table, as does Trevor Bauer. Those guys are going to be sitting at home, their bags ready, waiting for the call, waiting to sign the contract. And as he signs the contract, he's going to be in a practice uniform. He's probably going to have a bag from his old team going in there. That's ha- that's happened before, actually. Neil Walker uh, being signed by the Yankees, he came in with a Brewers bag because spring really? training was already going on. Yeah, that's hilarious. Well, yeah, he didn't have an art bag going on, so he just had the one that had all the stuff in. Just got there, and then you do the, you know, the uniform swap, all that. I mean, you got to get up with times. Remember when Zach Greinke asked to fix the mound and the crew had blue Padre uniforms? Oh, I remember that. Yeah. They, had the, they had the blue old uh, Padres gear on. It's like, come on, these guys are employees. What are you doing? They're on camera. <laughs> no, Preller. That was funny. Preller, you're killing me. But, AJ, I think Brent you're cra- <laughs> AJ, I think you're crazy to say that the ceiling's over only 90 wins. I think they, could, I think they should win 100 games. Keep in mind, keep in mind this too. A lot of their division, their division games, like yeah, they got the Dodgers. They are also playing the Giants, who were not good last year. The Rockies, who are not good, and the Diamondbacks, who are not good also. None of those teams are very good. And that's I think that's a the Padres have a huge advantage of all of those. Teams. I think the Dodger games is really the only thing that's going to be concerning. Yeah, but they but they can hang with them, I think. They they can hang with the Dodgers. But as I said, I got to see the moves that they got to make for the bullpen because my thing is this, right? Blake Snell, you Darvish, any of those guys in that starting rotation could make it to the seventh or eighth inning. Uh, you don't? Not, okay. Historically? They, I'm just saying they could. Yeah. They could. Not saying they will every time, but they could. Right now, outside Drew Pomeranz, Right? Now, mind you, you got a couple of guys in there. They're good. But the inconsistencies with guys like Hill and Pagan, they drove us absolute crazy. Not to uh, mention Jose, Strom. 
Strom had a think- great he had a great season last year, but it's not like he hasn't just come up very short in big moments before. Do you give him the eighth inning? No. 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 So you got one guy that we have absolute faith in in the bullpen right now. It's Drew. So, depending on the bullpen moves, I've seen the eighth and ninth inning where leads could go right to hell. So See, the bullpen a- is the only thing leading this team back. Yeah, no, I I, I totally agree with that. I so think if that- pa- if if we go with Drew Pomeranz as your closer, right? The roster as is as we have this conversation. It's January 18, 2021. As this goes on, I say 90 wins because of the bullpen. After Rosenthal is signed, after another guy is signed, whether if that's an Alex Calamay, whether if that's another reliever, there's a loss on my list in front of me right now. But if you get one or two guys, that can go to 95 to 98. Because if I had to say a hard wins, there's so much error that could go in for a hard wins. So just real quick before we head out, I'll I'll just go through some of the bullpen guys that I think are that could be good, could take a step. Paul Morantz, he's the main guy. You have Pagan, who wasn't great last year, even though he was pretty hyped up. Pierce Johnson, he was he was really good last year. Matt Strom, he was really good last year as well, but he's like I said, he's been very inconsistent. Jose Castillo should be back and back from injury. Uh, Craig Stammen, you don't want him pitching at all. <laughs> awesome. Hold on, let me just, let me just pick up something because I know a couple of guys. Uh, I think a couple of guys also off as well. Uh, yeah, I just they. I think they made a small trade. I forget. They made a lot of trades. I'm pretty sure they traded for. Uh, who was it? I think there were some that are just claimed on waivers as well. One second. Uh, let's see. Greg Allen got traded for a minor league prospect. Perdomo is gone. Yeah. Zach Davies got traded. Mejia got traded. Patillon got traded. Uh, let's see. Nick also, Birdie, the other two okay. bullpen guys I'm expecting are Adrian Morahone and Ryan Weathers. Gotcha. And I think Morahone will be a bullpen guy. I don't think he's going to be a starter, even though I – I think he's got to be a bullpen a guy too just because every time that he got the ball in his hand, even though he was making that quote-unquote spot start, the thing is, when you spot good. start a guy, now he was good, right? But my only concern is he just didn't seem to want to give him the ball for the fourth inning. And that's a problem. Because you don't put any starter in there to only go three innings. That's the problem. You try not to do that. So if you don't trust him going four innings, he does not deserve to be in the rotation. Now, spring training comes around, since this is going to be a normal schedule, go ahead and treat him like a starting pitcher. Give him X amount of pitches to throw. Give him X amount of pitches in a live game, spring training game. But when it comes down to the wire, if you do not think he's got it for five innings plus, bullpen, that might be – experience that might be pitch effectness that could be third time through the lineup but if not it's different because what you do in the bullpen when you're a long reliever such where I think he's going to be I think he's got three pitches I think he's got three pitches 
the thing that you could do there is you could give them all you got because you're not going to see them again. That's what makes a difference between uh, starting pitcher and relief pitcher. Yeah. So best of luck on that. Uh, Matt, any closing remarks? None for me, man. All right. I think this is going to be an exciting team to watch. I think depending on the Dodgers, particularly because Jack Peterson and other guys are not back, I think this is going to be a race for the National League West. And with all the Padres news, there's not a lot of Dodger news, which is good for the rest of the division. And after this year, I plan on seeing the Dodgers, Padres, and Giants making it the best division in baseball. Calling it right now. Call that worst take. Call it whatever. That's what I'm looking forward to. So Uh, on behalf of myself, AJ Torres, calling Strikes Christie, Worst Take Network. We got the co-owner of the Worst Take Network right here, Matty Kays, Matt Keimer. Take it easy, everybody, and go Friars.